Hi folks, you're tuning in to the dulcet tones of the unsavory ethnic types, a podcast about food, culture and London life. In this episode, recorded the day before Britain officially entered Brexit, Yadavin leads a discussion on what being British means in relation to food and culture. We discover the origins of some of Britain's favourite dishes, chew over what growing up in Britain with a dual ethnicity means to us, and debate the extent to which our experiences of living in London has shaped how British we see ourselves. Please connect with us on Instagram and Twitter, where our handles are at UETypes. Enjoy. Don't touch that doll. You're now tuned in to UET. Unsavory ethnic types. To episode two, this is going to be the British episode. But before we get to uh, like the meat of the episode, let's do our like snack shots. So Katassi, what have you? What you been eating? <laughs> <laughs> it's a snack shot. <laughs> oh, we started off with me. Oh. Um, yeah. Well, this week has been an interesting one. Um, again, not directly like related to food but more like service again it seems to be like a theme for me so i went to a popular vietnamese chain in soho Mm -hmm. a black white and red chain (laughs) could be it was pretty dark in there felt like a cave but the food was really nice and um um janaki and carl scratching my heads right now looking backed and um basically like I just want to, for the audience and for you guys to know, my first job was being a waitress. Like, I was a busker no when I was a waitress. So I'm very... What's a busker? Oh, a busker. Basically... No. No. Bus oh. <laughs> Basically, I used to just bus around. Go on, Go you know, all at the tender age of 16. Um, no, so bus girls basically when you're too young to be a waitress because you can't serve alcohol. So you bus tables and you help the waitresses oh. and waiters. Oh, okay, cool. um, so like my manager, Nikki, love her. She was like there. She's, she was at like um, that restaurant for like a gazillion years. Anyway, so um, the meal was lovely. It took a while. And like, you know, when those places are a bit cramped and um, you're like sit, sitting next to a couple, you can hear exactly what they're saying, right? We didn't want to do that. Anyway. I fucking love that. I'm getting right, I'm getting right in their business. You know what? He sounded like he was in the wrong there. <laughs> well, you just butt in. Okay, so anyway, so like my date and I, we finish our meal and no, he finishes his meal and he leaves because he's in a rush. And then I continue eating. But no one comes to clear the plate, right? So I continue eating, and then, um, it, meanwhile, it's a table for four, because we've insisted on, like, not being crammed up for the rest of the restaurant. Anyway, so then I, I asked my bill. Meanwhile, my plate still haven't been cleaned, and I've asked, like, cleared away, and I've asked my bill. Mm. So then the bill comes, and it says, um, I don't know, like, discretionary charge, or, I mean, discretionary service charge. Yeah. And having just come back from America, I'm in the mode, right? <laughs> and I'm like, why am I paying this? Like, so it got me thinking, like, when is it appropriate to say I'm not going to pay the, dis- the service charge? Because it's not mandatory. So I said to her, look, I'm sorry, uh, it's just that you didn't clear my plate. And she was, like, really vexed. And she was like, and I said, you didn't check up on me either midway. These are mm-hmm. fundamentals of, like, good service, mm-hmm. I think. Otherwise, you know, is it self-service? What are you doing? Also, apparently I heard that if 
they don't come and ask you during your meal if your meal is okay. Exactly. Then, yeah. And that's what I meant by checking up on me. Yeah. And what mm. she what she is what she counted as checking up was the fact that the food took too long to come and she was like, Do you want some water? I'm like, No, I don't want water, I want my meal mm. and I don't drink and eat with my food because it's not good for your digestion. Mm-hmm. So um, yes. That was my thought of the week, and I, I think we had to be like brave and daring, and actually not just t- let people take us for granted. That's a really good thought. Okay. Nice, yes. very precise. Um, sorry, concise is what I was going to say. Not precise, but um, my food. No, no my snack shop. Snack shop. What you eating? What, what am I eating? That's a good question. It's kind of irritated since our last recording. Okay, so I can remember making pie and mash, and being ever so proud of myself because I thought. My, my my wife who enjoys pie mash very much. Um, like I made her mash out of sweet potato and parsnips. Oh, I was gonna was... ask, did you use sweet potato? I use sweet potato and parsnips Yay. exclusively. And she's and she's a, she's a mash. She loves mash anyway, but she's a, she's like a mash connoisseur, uh, connoisseur, fanatic, you know, extremist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she if it's not like we've got potato in it at some point there's there's a bit of paranoia she's like, oh okay there's no potato maybe we should boil a couple of potatoes and just mash them in there see what see what happens so i was so so i i was kind of making this mash like thinking just believe in the mash believe in the mash believe in the parsnip believe in the the, the, the um sweet potato mix them together they'll be great they'll, they'll complement each other they'll almost seem like there's actual mashed potato in there right and then um she came home and she was too tired to eat it that night. Oh. Oh, crap. Oh, crap. And then I remembered the golden rule of foods like that was that if you leave it for a day and you warm up again, it's almost as good or better. So I was like, actually, if I do it tomorrow, this will this will work. And then um, the, the proof of the pudding was like just uh, serving her, sitting down and her just going... Carl, the mash is delicious. <laughs> yes! You know how much you satisfied me just now. <laughs> but I was to tell you that, you think you, the, the actual show, show you. <laughs> okay, but did you, use Jama- did you use Jamaican sweet potatoes or African sweet potatoes? I, I used English sweet potatoes. <laughs> That's where I've gotten them from. <laughs> you got them in, in the shop. Yeah, exactly. They, they, grew, they grew in the shop. I'm sure they grew. It's a, it's a locally sourced, organically produced type of shop. So. <laughs> okay, were they red or white? They were white. Those are the African ones. Oh, they're really? Yeah, the actual flesh. Yeah, the actual flesh. Oh, I've never had them. Much more fragrant. I don't think I've had them either. We're missing out on the fragrance. I wanted to ask, what pie? Oh, so the pie itself was like a salmon uncrute type thing, but it's a a pork pie, so I didn't make the pie myself because the important things are the gravy, which was onion gravy, which is, I make from scratch. We make from scratch. So we make the the, the loveliest gravy to the standard that to a standard that doesn't knock anybody out of place. Uh, I want to add one thing in the mash story. Yeah. Um, and it's a recommendation. I know we're not dropping to recommendation just yet. That's but, good. But I'll forget. Um, you should take your wife to Cabot in uh, Borough Market. It's a chocolate restaurant. Ooh. It's amazing. Like most of the meals will have, will feature chocolate in some, in some presentation. Like I'm talking like the meat, the main or the side. Uh, I ordered, a sh- I ordered like a nice rum, mm-hmm. and it came with a, a sliver of like super bitter dark chocolate that perfectly com- complements mm. it. They do a white, uh, they do a mash that holds no like way. white chocolate. It's unbelievable. Like it's <laughs> truly unbelievable. Wait, I can't. And also, where it is, yeah. it's like it. If you go at the right time, especially if it, like it's getting in towards mm-hmm. spring and summer, 
it goes you go up and so you like you sit on almost like a little balcony bit and overlook Borough Market. It's fantastic. It's honestly brilliant. It's a brilliant restaurant. Uh, great rum, great white chocolate mash. That is a good <laughs> suggestion. Uh, and funny enough, it's a, it's a place that me and my, my wife go to quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we went there for New Year's. We went there the year before, and we uh, we we she had a, that really good match with tuna and chocolate. There's the chocolate and tuna thing. Oh, right? wow. Yeah, yeah, it was like I think tuna actually, and chocolate. I think actually the chocolate was that they 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 kind of sprinkled cacao. Oh yes, yeah, so cacao on top, okay, yeah. like it was like it was a kind of spice. So that's mm. so there's a little bit of cacao, not chocolate. Yeah, know? yeah. Um, what, but cacao I think, isn't chocolate. No, well, I think that's chocolate is a bastardization of cacao. Yeah, this yeah. is true because cacao oh, is a pure form. Exactly. Is. I don't hear any chocolate slander on this. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I came for. <laughs> Me and the Milky Bar kid won't fucking have that. <laughs> <laughs> well, then there's the whole chocolate debate. Is white chocolate or chocolate? Ooh. Controversial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tune in for another podcast. <laughs> <later. laughs> that's exactly. Let's another one. <laughs> Um, and yeah, Janaki. Janaki, what's your snack shot? So my what snack shot, no, my snack shot. <laughs> um, I had a very home cooked, simple home cooked Sri Lankan meal type of week with a side order of high street junk food. Um, so I wouldn't say it's overly interesting, but I think I always remember how much I love dal, like Sri Lankan dal, also known as padapa. It's so simple, and I think I have had this conversation with so many people, but just with rice, I love it. Um, but yeah, so that's my snack shot. And where am I going that's interesting? Oh, tomorrow. I think talking about pie mash, might be going to a pie mash place in Borough tomorrow. So in but, Borough. Mm. But what was your um, what were you ordering? What tomorrow? For, no, for, uh, yes. At home, you know yeah. stuff that you. Oh, okay. So so. Uh, oh. Mm. Uh, do you want to read it out loud? Say say say. <laughs> well, kind of kills the meal. So when I had Sri Lanka, so I had rice padapa, which is the dal curry, beans curry. And then I had about 12 chicken nuggets from a... Well-known chicken well nugget Well-known nugget, <laughs> exactly. Well nugget. <laughs> Were they muk nuggets? They may have been... Son of nuggets, which is what muk stands for. Exactly. Muk um, nugget. Muk nugget. Uh, and nugget. then I had... Twelve. Oh, yeah, just too many. And then I had... <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, 12 is a weird order. Six. <laughs> well, actually, we got a box of 20, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Let's not go into the same thing. But that's what I'm saying. Like, you get a box of 20 and just solo it, and they're just yeah. pride sharing. I'm sharing. <laughs> but sharing. my sharing is eating more than half, clearly. Um, and then I got... What did I get? Wasabi today. But, you know, I mean, it hit the spot. But it wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. So, yeah. yeah okay. What is your go-to with wasabi? Or do you mix it up? Um, so I actually ne- very, very rarely get the curries there because I find them a bit sickly and the they rice a bit too clumpy. sticky, yeah. Yeah, and so, I, so I've so i gone off katsu curry now. I used to love it when I was younger, but I mm. don't really like katsu curry. Today I had the spicy chicken, was which was more enjoyable. Um, but usually I always get sushi. Uh, really? Wasabi. Yeah, always. Is it good? I like the sushi, yeah, there, yeah. I've been to wasabi many times and I pretty much only ever get the katsu. <laughs> like, bam, every time, like... I just find that it congeals after a yeah, while. Like, I love that's it. It's very quite worrying. Sick, sick, yeah. sickly tasting. But I am weird in that I enjoy my food at a nice, reasonable room temperature as opposed to piping hot and burning the He likes it cold. Mouth. Yeah, no, so I'm liking been, cold. It's like it's been sitting out for hours. It's the weirdest thing. No, I, it is the weirdest thing, but actually this is where our affinity lies because sometimes... I prefer food that isn't piping hot, that's just been cooled down for a while. I can no, eat cold food. I just want to burn my tongue. Yeah, yeah. I just want to yeah. eat as soon as it's there. I, I think I'm just super sensitive to like temperature. Same. I right. think temperature ruins the flavor. Sometimes, you know, like, if you burn your mouth early, yeah. that rest of the meal, you're thinking, ow. <laughs> ow. 
Now again, what's that flavour? Oh, it's burning. Yeah, burning flavour. It could be the best meal in the world, but all I think is, I'm going to have a blister. I'm going to have a blister on my tongue, and I'll be feeling this for the next three days. Yeah, but it doesn't need to be piping hot, right? I mean, these guys are being so like babies. Yes. Well, exactly. That's why babies live longer. Yeah, babies do live. And they help you. My snacks, my what you eating? What am I eating? No, it's what's your snack shot? What's your snack shot? Tell, Tell me, me what's your snack shot. <laughs> <laughs> um, my snack shot was I made a lovely matcha paneer curry today. Not today, Ooh. this week. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I really enjoy. Despite being like lactose sensitive or whatever, like I just really enjoy paneer curry. Um, not, and it wasn't like particularly difficult to make. Um, very authentically, you know, I, I rang up my, no, I didn't do any of that. I went on BBC Good Food and I used to one off there. Yeah. Fucking fantastic. Not that authentic, though, mate. It wasn't a Jamie Oliver one, was it? It wasn't. And it wasn't Jamie Oliver. It was BBC Good Food. And then the, the naans that I was using, I'd like, I'd, like, I purchased at Iceland because they had like a two for one, like, on packs of mud. Frozen? Not, no. Uh, like, just in, like, just Patex. Like in a pack or whatever. They used to be the most quality ones on the street and then they just be relegated to the lowest. Because like their frozen bread section is very good. Mm. Frozen bread? Like as in you bake your own? Yes, you bake it. Oh wow, okay. Um, yeah, that was my snack shot. Um, and then I had it for dinner, which was lovely. And then I had it again for lunch. And I was uh, saying to Carl off pod that um, I'm now convinced that curries taste better the next day. Like you cook a curry and then the flavour's mellow. And they just, I don't know, they just, more, it gets, yeah. They do actually. They're really just a richer flavour profile the next day. Yeah. yeah. And it's, yeah. It's, you like, know, especially, it's like a double marinade. Yeah. Almost. But especially if there's potatoes in the curry. Because mm. oh, it soaks up all the, the flavours and, yeah, all the flavours. I think it's the only way to have potatoes. With curry. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So you have yeah. them, like, just out on their own the next day, they don't taste so No, no, no yeah. The chip exactly. the worst things ever. Oh. in the. Yeah, you're you're right. Um, Re- like reheating chips I think you can't microwave like no. you can't microwave you can maybe bang them in the oven yeah. but there isn't like the that weird bite yeah, you yeah. yeah. They, they kind of uh, become a bit husk of their form yeah, you can't replicate the actual original chip just that yeah. the deep fryer mm. um, which actually chips bring us on quite nicely to uh, what I wanted to talk about this episode uh, this episode I think we've dubbed as the British episode um, because you said it was a great British, the great the, British Debate. The Great British Food Debate, but basically we are, for the for the listener at, at record, we are one day away from Brexit, so <gasps> British food means British food, yeah! Um, <laughs> oh, my bags, uh, I just didn't mean to But yeah, we are one day away from B-Day, as it were. Um, that's how it fucking feels. Uh, I'll clip that out for the podcast, actually. No, that's, fair, that's fair enough, um, but B-Day actually sounds like a toilet thing, which I really... <laughs> no, it sounds like Beyonce's album, B-Day. Did that, you not have oh, yeah. album called B-Day? No, I think she, she has. No, I think she has. Oh, no, B-Day! B-Day! What are you talking about? I like B-Day! Oh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I quite like a B-Day, but hey. I'm going to wheel that back because we slightly got him. Um, yeah, so we are one day away from B-Day and uh, it, it does make me feel uh, like we should be talking about British foods. Mm. So uh, this week I googled, uh, some extensive googling, and I googled what the national dish is, and I had some interesting results. Mm-hmm. Uh, overwhelmingly, I found the national dish to be labelled as uh, chicken tikka masala. The other two options there were um, 
fish and chips, very British. Uh, and the, the kind of last option there is shepherd's pie. Uh, I'd like to specifically talk about fish and chips and chicken tikka masala. I'll start with chips, because we're talking about chips. Mm-hmm. Uh, chips have been, you know, they're a staple. No one, no one doesn't know what chips are. I'm not, and I'm talking about good, fat British chips, none of this French fry nonsense. Um, freedom fries. Uh, no. Br- uh, <laughs> I guess some people who don't know chips are might be Americans. Chips, yes, fries. Oh, yeah, what about home fries? When I went to America, I was like, I'll have some home fries, and they just brought out, like, lumps of potato, like, chunky potatoes. Like wedges. What do you mean? Like wedges, oh, essentially. Really? That's what they call home fries. It's wow. can't be bothered to cut them up into pieces. Yeah. It's yeah. like... Lazy fries. Yeah, lazy, lazy fries. Lazy fries. Yeah. I do... I tell you what, there are... Wed, like, wedges might actually be better than chips if they season them right. I've had, some, I've had some brilliant wedges in my life. It, they, they did taste good. Mm. I was expecting skinny fries. Oh, and sometimes yeah, you're yeah. in the mood for a skinny and dip in, you know, skinny and dip. Ooh, you know what no, I mean? No, fries. I sometimes you need fries. I don't associate with that. I think fries are a byproduct of eating crap burgers as a child. Like, if you eat crap burgers, you use some fries to go over it because it doesn't fill you up. But chips are like big yeah, solid things yeah, that yeah, are yeah. going to fill you up in one mm. one meal. I'm, I'm 100% on that. Like, a chip is a is a mainstay. And then the fries are, yeah, the fries are the side. It's a bit on the side, isn't it? Side dish. Side dish. Side dish, which, which, to be fair, you kind of hit exactly what I wanted to say right on the head. So um, in Oldham, uh, basically chips have been a a very British staple for a long time. Uh, I'm talking 1800s. In Oldham is the uh, the oldest um, actual chip restaurant. Uh, They are called Deep Fried Chipped Potatoes. Um, and, and like, as in, that was the first like specific chip restaurant. In, like cloth, ta- cloth wow. tables, like cloth table napkins, everything. Well, like, like restaurant. Like, like it was a restaurant, restaurant, but it was a chips, um, but full chips. And okay. chips have kind of existed for a long time. Mm-hmm. They um, there's a thing in Dickens where he talks about uh, about, about this kind of stuff. Um, I specifically want to talk about this one guy, Joseph Marlin, who is the fish and chips guy. Like mm. he was a. Uh, a Jewish migrant from Spain who combined the two, like the British staple of chips, where the actual restaurant is. It unfortunately doesn't exist anymore. And uh, the biggest, like, you know, biggest things in the world in British cuisine. Yeah, a British staple and an immigrant come, come in and bring in something in. There's a lot of, like, fried fish in, like, in kind of Jewish foods as well. And I think it's a kind of perfect mesh. And I think... That is a thing that we see echoed years later in what is, according to my Googling, uh, my very biased Googling, probably. Um, the algorithm's on to you. It, probably, it is. <laughs> um, it's, it's almost a, a very similar thing happened with chicken tikka masala. Mm. In the, uh, the story goes with chicken tikka masala, it's not a thing. Like, it's not real. Chicken tikka is a thing, mm-hmm. and masala as a sauce is a thing. But, the, you know, the, you know... The, the, the double act never never existed in India. It existed here. Uh, I mean, there are counter stories to this, but the, the one I'm going to talk about is the Shah restaurant in Glasgow. Right. Um, so, I think it was around the 1950s, 60s, a lot of uh, Bangladeshi like like immigrants from the empire, citizens from the empire coming over. Um, and I think in the, in the Shah restaurant, 
there was a I can't remember the guy's name, but he basically he he sent his chicken tikka back to mm. the kitchen. He went, oh, it's a bit too dry. Can you do something? Can you do something about this? Like it's very dry. Right. And the chef there was like, oh, fine. And he got some tomato sauce. I like bunged a bunch of spices in it, like labelled it on top. Mm. And yogurt. Guy. And yogurt. Um, yeah, apparently, like it was a massive hit. And this guy, this guy's bus driver, he told all his bus driver mates, and then like you know, it was uh, a thing that could. Um, it's like not only is it so popular in England, like it's it's popular the world over, and it's gone back to India, but it's also and this is one thing about curry that really surprised me. I think I was on the Telegraph, and it was like the top one of the, like the top fifteen meals that Britain's make in their own home. Because mm. it's one thing to have a takeaway, right? It's not yeah. like I'm going for a curry for a takeaway because mm-hmm. it is kind of a novel experience to like. Mm. Yeah. Um, but they've taken that, like Britons have taken that and adapted it into their own, like brought into the homes. Yeah, culinary like lexicon, and I think that is really fascinating. That kind of and the addition of again, an immigrant to Britain has brought something from far. And then mashed it together and kind of formed a new thing that mm. is a British thing. Like, British thing, um, it's, you know, a bit from here and a bit from there. Mm. And the same with, like, chicken tikka masala is a British thing in that, like, it's two things put together here and, and like, it's ours. And, I mean, I'd, I I defy anyone to say that, like, a British tikka, uh, a chicken tikka masala is not a British, like, meal. Definitely. Mm. Um but I think you also did some stuff on the tikka masala. I did a little bit of research. Um, apparently they call it CMT in some places. Yeah, oh, CMT. Tikka. Am I saying it wrong? CTM. CTM. CTM, okay. But is it like it's that ubiquitous? It's like, yeah, just CTM. Apparently. I mean, I've never heard anybody call it that. As in somewhere just, what, like up north or somewhere? Oh, like in other parts of the world. Like, I mean, this was an American brown woman speaking. Maybe it's popular there mm. um i did do some research on it and even things like vindaloo these are also mm. constructs that come out of like the cultures merging mm. um and like if we go back to the 1990s world cup right mm. where vindaloo, vindaloo right <laughs> for the kids who don't know that was like a very popular song right we will clip a little bit of vindaloo in right here yeah. incredible that um, food can like permeate so much of our culture that we start singing about it mm-hmm. um, and when I think about football I get images of um, white men singing um, this song right um, and like chanting and I, I don't I, I think about stadiums as being very white never mean that I've, never mind that I've never been to a game or match but then I think the irony for me is the fact that we can consume like products that brown people make but then um there's this dissonance between accepting them as you guys as like british Mm -hmm. do you know what i mean Mm. um and also i've always found it odd that we um we can refer to like ethnic cuisine whatever ethnic means as like we can objectify it and say I'm going to have an Indian tonight, right? I'm going to have mm. Chinese, but mm. you know we'll never say I'm going to go get an English. Which I talk about like the things I find odd, but even in in terms of like thinking about Vindaloo, right, from um, the New World into like 
by by like you know through the Colombian exchange and then mm. taken down to like South India um, and like to Goa. So if we're thinking about what's authentic and like what's mm. what and like where we try to lay claim, I think it's quite difficult. We had to be careful because are now South Americans going to claim that Vindaloo isn't really there, like isn't really isn't really like inspired or just purely Asian. Yeah. Um, and, and it's something greater than the sum of its parts, right? Like, so is a Vindaloo just the ingredients that go into it, or is it how is it how you put those things together, right? So like, um, we now live in a, like a very small world where ingredients are all over the place like mm -hmm. um, and there are obviously like cultural traditions certain foods and mm -hmm. stuff but like I think now we're, we're, like in, a, we're in a, a kind of golden era for adaptation when it comes to these foods. so like you could have a vegan tikka masala mm. right you could like as in it doesn't have to be chicken it could be corn it could be, it could be like whichever whatever it is but mm -hmm. it's like is there like a, a, an essential soul to a dish there isn't just the ingredients that go into it. So I, I know what you mean about the chilies, right? And mm. when we talk about like the heritage of foods, like that, absolutely, we have to think about like wet, like the kind of the passage of ingredients and people through different areas. Mm. And I honestly, that's really really interesting in the way that you can kind of see how things morph as as different ingredients get. Put into a put into a diet as different ingredients get put into people's like cultures. But I think as well with British, like we're in British culture, you know what you said about the soul, like the soul of the meal, essentially. I think, for example, like you know, as you were talking about football, a lot of um, football fans would be like, "Oh, I'm going to go and watch the game, and then after I'm going to go and have a curry and a pint." Like, how many times have you heard people say that? Or fish and chip Friday. You know, and I think, and I think it's so it's the meal itself, but also what we associate with the meal. Mm. So it is that soul behind it, and mm. that kind of is to, as well. I guess adds into the Britishness, like the whole the football thing, and the or I don't know. You're going to go pub, and then you're all going to go and get fish and chips together. Mm. Uh, like but you could you could argue about the journey for the potato as well. Potato is not a native. Mm. No, of course, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's been as a subworth water rally. I think was the person who brought it across the Americas, or was maybe a bit a bit before maybe. Again, it was so British by a certain amount of time that there was a efficient. Was it a, a uh, chipped potato sh <laughs> restaurant by? But just three hundred years later, yeah. a, you know, like it's always been part of. And, um, I guess the Britishness itself it almost has a shelf. It has a shelf life. So it, it wasn't always Britishness. Britishness, as we know, is just a construct of all these imports and yeah. changes that <laughs> have made Britain what it is. Despite that, we're in a situation, a very paradoxical situation, where we don't want, we seem to not want that anymore, as much things coming in, or as much uh, cultural. That's yeah. what the the juxtaposition of having these British dishes is, I think, is that we there's a there's a massive difference between, oh yeah, we love, love the idea of a of, a, of an Indian uh, food substance. <laughs> <laughs> But, just just like that. but in this country, oh, oh. I love Indian food. Right? But this is what's weird because we're so, I feel like, I don't know if you guys feel the same, but as we're getting older, like you see all these markets now, the different types of food that you have at these stores, I don't know, Guadalupe and like all sorts of different types of South Asian cuisine, like East Asian cuisine. And it's not just, you know, you're Indian, Chinese. Mm. I don't know where. Yeah, you can get a from... And 
Venezuela. Yeah, it's just it's crazy because we are very open minded when it comes to food. Yeah, I, I would say that is a specific slice mm. of like the London food scene. Like, I don't know if that is ubiquitous across the country. Um, And that's really true. And also, I think it speaks to the fact that um, communities evolve, right? Mm -hmm. So if you look at um, Brick Lane, say, 40 years ago, it's not the same Brick Lane that we see now. Like, Mm -hmm. Turkish food is increasingly popular. So I think it's almost like the, the, the migration of new people into, like, different communities affects what we eat um but i was just going to highlight that whilst you know we want to call it globalization and that you know these foods have um been created through exchange and whatnot Mm. it's important to recognize that they're not equitable exchanges and that along the the movement of 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 food has been the movement of people and whatnot um and even when we think about how vindaloo was created by an asian person like co-created if we want to say um Again, it's, it's, it's this arrogance that it's been created in, right? Because um, a Caucasian man has said that this is not to his liking and this poor guy in the kitchen had to, like, for his palate. Mm. Um, so I'm curious to know, like, it, when is that ever the reverse? Like, mm. when, um, when, when is, like, a, a Caribbean person going to come to England and have that kind of authority and say, you know what, your food's too bland. Yeah, give me some more flavour. Mm. Um, but I, I think... God, you're going to have me defending capitalism, which I'll hate, <laughs> I'll hate to do. Um, but it's, I think that's, um, and so, and there's obviously there's, they, we have to talk about like power structures here and who has power and not. But the, the it, this Shah restaurant, the proprietor of that restaurant, was like he had a, he had a patron who went, right, I want to keep the patron happy. So he keeps coming back. I want to have a successful restaurant. So I'm going to adapt dishes this that and third to have a to have a success right to have a a product that people want right mm. and like i guess like power structures and, and and about who but also some of it is just like act active decisions made by people who want to have a product that is like viable and successful right like Coca-Cola used to have cocaine in it. Mm. If they still put cocaine in it, I'm sure it would be very popular. Yeah. And very expensive. True enough. <laughs> it's weird that it's so popular when it hasn't got cocaine in it. <laughs> That's my Just point sugar. Thing. Just sugar. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's that as well. I think uh, kind of putting your product in a market and tailoring it to the marketplace. I do agree with you to an extent, but I... With that... The history of it, because it's kind of like a bit like, oh, well, I'm going to come to your restaurant... And I don't like what you're giving me, so I'm going to demand that you do it to my liking. But not in a sense of, oh, can it, I don't know, the portion's too small or something. Like, you're literally creating a whole new dish. And I understand well, no. that now we've taken it and made it into Johnny you know, Bus Driver. A, a British dish. But... <laughs> Apologies to the family of Johnny Bus Driver. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, Johnny Bus Driver created a new dish. This dish, that you, this dish that I have ordered that I knew what I, that I, knew what I wanted... I would like a, a derivation on it, or not even derivation. Like it's a bit, it's, just, it's, it's a bit. That's like country colonialization, and you're taking the best of. I don't know. It, no, it, as in the, the the kind of the genius in this isn't the guy that's gone. Oh, send this back to the kitchen. It's the chef. The chef has gone. Do you know what? Now nah, I'll mix this up. Boom. Keep the customer happy. Right. Like that. Mm. That's where like the creativity, the genius. That's where that has happened. That's recognised, and it. Uh, 
as in I've just referred to him as that chef because mm. in my research I couldn't find his name. But you know mm. the guy. You know that Johnny the bus driver is the guy that asked for it. No, right? I said I, Johnny bus driver is me being slightly oh, okay. sarcastic. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I thought his, that was his, his imagine name. If, imagine <laughs> if his name was bus driver, but he was a bus driver. I, do, I don't know. They <laughs> element, right. no. Imagine it was the rapper bus driver. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I thought earlier on when you talked about um, Joe, Joe Marlin was the guy's name. Yeah. Isn't isn't Marlin the fish? Yeah, and he brought Which fish. Is, yeah, exactly. That, isn't that oh, so? I love that. Yeah, Joe Marlin. Yeah, Marlin. Marlin. No, I just I don't know. It is a bit like I'm gonna pick and choose and take the best of what you've got to offer, and it. I don't know. It just sits a bit weird with me. I don't. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't I know mean, how to. Explain and it. I appreciate what you're saying. There's something about your his in business. You know, yeah. it's not like he it's an art form or whatever. Mm. I mean, it is an art form, but it's business. But still, like, you know, like this popular South Asian food that we consume, it's like a mishmash of yeah. things from what I've seen, right? So, mm. like, um, even curry so allegedly comes from um, Pakistan, from like this other with some word that sounds quite similar to curry. Is it curry? I think so. I think. And it's like. The, the British then at the time, as part of the East India Company, were essentially just trying to make things easy for themselves and like people bending over mm. for them and like doing appeasing their appetites. So I think it's in the power of structures that lie within how these things are created and then thinking about, say, like Creole identities, right? And like mm. the food that comes out of like having to make do and mend with what you have mm. and the power that you don't have and the, ra- the smaller rations that you might have. Mm. I mean, might be going on a tangent, but. Um, but but also, so it wouldn't have been an Indian man that went to the Indian restaurant and said, I don't like this, go and do something exactly. with it. Exactly, you had to it, appease mm. that colonial, exactly. right? Exactly, so again, it's, yeah, it's exactly what you said. He's doing it for a white guy, and yes, he's doing that on his business, but... It, and, why is he here? Like, and why is he here? I mean, I don't know this guy, but again, what's brought mm. him to this country, you know, adapt. Yeah, and I, th- I think there is an adaptation, but there's also, if a... A marketing niche like presents itself to you, and you're a business person. You would like you'd be well within your rights just to go. Oh, there's a niche there. I'll I'll try and I'll try and cater to that niche in the same way that like if food podcasts, for example, got really really popular, four people might want to do a food podcast. No, I get what you're saying, and it's it's, it's funny because when I was in Atlanta at Christmas, I, I was looking at this menu I was about to order, and it was like all southern and whatnot, mm. and um. It was very specific, and it said, "Please do not ask for substitutes." Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I like no, but I, I, I write that. Yeah, I write that. Imagine if, like, that happened. Mm-hmm. Johnny Bus Driver mm-hmm. and that white guy happened in this day and age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder if it. But I do. I, I still think though that this will always happen because of the nature of people to move to different places and bring things from their places mm-hmm. to, and then that will that they will naturally adapt. I think. Fundamentally, under what you what you guys are talking about, there, there are two sides of the same coin. Essentially, it's almost where capitalism genius meets kind of colonialism determination. I'm going to have it my own way, and I don't yeah. want to compromise. Or if I do, I still want to be given credit for it. I mean, I am not, I'm not given as given no, credit no, no, as well. No, no. As in, like, I think the bus driver guy was like. He would, you know, maybe he was. It was a bit dry for him. Maybe, yeah. you know, but maybe he go was... somewhere else. <laughs> no, but <laughs> just don't. No, no. dry for a bit. As in. He inadvertently, his dry mouth mm-hmm. led to, and I think, I don't know, I, when I was thinking about this, like, just in my research and mm-hmm. then kind of just thinking about it afterwards, it's it sort of struck me as very interesting in that, like, you Google it and it's the, it's the first thing that comes up. 
Brit- like national mm. national dish of Britain, mm. boom, chicken tikka masala. I got to think about like, okay, cool. So like, like I'm a person in a brown body. This is a clearly no. Other than like food mm. and pretty Patel and Sadhu David, um, red not red. <laughs> um, I don't know how popular and how many significant like contributions mm. British Asian people have done. Um, I mean that there there will be lots, right? Like um, the fact that there are lots of like National Health Service workers that like that are like Asian, British, Asian, mm. lots of civil servants, like there are lots of things. But I don't think there are culturally very many like signifiers that, well, we've been it. We've been it since the 40s. We've been it mm. earlier than that. Mm. There are, like, I think, what was it, one of the, is it 1800 or something, like like a British, Asian MP. There is a long lineage of like people from the Indian subcontinent, like Hindustani, Pakistani, mm. like people here and then there are just, I don't know, for me, I mean, Nat, you might feel different about this, but for me, it feels like we got A, and then... Do you know, I think it's getting better, the representation of South Asian people, and even East Asian, like, what was that movie? There was a really popular East Crazy Asian Crazy Rich Asian. Yeah, Crazy Rich Asian. You know, it's nice to see all of that, but, yeah, I, I still think it's a bit of a, I still think it's a problem. But I don't know if all of that comes from, as well, growing up in an Asian household, although our parents were more relaxed that, you know, there is that kind of pressure from your parents to get into education and make sure you're a doctor or a lawyer. There, there is, there is I mean, I think that's also assimilation part Yeah, well. there's assimilation part as well, that's but, the thing. But there is, um, like, you know, uh, as a child, and also now, uh, like, four of my heroes mm-hmm. were the four, like, four comedians from Goodness Gracious Me. Mm. Uh, going for an English remains to this day like one of the funniest things I've ever seen mm. was, it, was it a pun on like a play on going for an interview yeah, yeah. 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 Like, I thought I thought yeah. you know, not... about oh my god you spoke about going for go, an Indian yeah yeah I remember we go, go going for an English is um, it's fantastic it is it's better than Del Boy falling through the bar it's better than Dead Parrot Sketch I know there's a lot of comedy nerds at me because I'll go all day on this. Mm. This is the thing. <laughs> what are we having now? Okay, jams. Right, first up, we'll have ten. Not bad. Twelve, Twelve bread rolls. <laughs> and bring some of that uh, fancy stuff. Kya um, you? Butter. Ah, oh, butter. Yeah, yeah. Okay, main course. What's everyone having here? What's the blandest thing on the menu? <laughs> Scampi is particularly good. I'll have that and bring a fork and knife. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it is the first sketch from the Goodness Christian Me radio show, and it is the like first episode, first sketch, and it and when they made it into a TV show, it's the first episode, first sketch. It I is this. fantastic. It, it, essentially, yeah, it's people going for an English, yeah. uh, a bunch of Indian people in India go for an English. There is a white waiter called Jamez. Jamez is, is my mate. Based in India, I thought it was based here. Uh, no, I, th- I think I think, yeah, I, think based... I think I think it's based oh, in India. It makes sense, isn't it? Because it, like, oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Course, and there's like, yeah. and they're like, and there's a bit where they're like, oh, like, oh, do we want chips? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chai, 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 chai. Eight plates of chips, please. <laughs> and then like the waiter's like, oh, sorry, sir, I think you've ordered too many. And it's and he's like, no, don't tell me what I'm doing. Like, it think it's so many different. Like kind of stereotypy bits, yeah. and it just gets flipped on its head. It's brilliant. It is. 
But the reason that I kind of the reason I'm hitting on it and like they remain to be like like heroes. I think all of them have gone on to do fantastic stuff. Um, like Mirosai and Saju Basker specifically have done mm. like amazing things. Great people. Um, yeah, like, uh, but it's yeah. I I think there are, like there are a handful of things that we like like culturally like have given like, obviously like economically and like mm. through actual spirit and like actually being here and being contributing members mm. of society British only people have like helped Britain mm. uh, and also like all well, the empires yeah, back in World War Two. Yeah. Um <laughs> that too that everyone forgets about. Um but it's I think there are a handful of things and I think like Tikka Masala like chicken tikka masala is it's a like thing, the, is the a thing that like you I, a thing that you can feel proud about <laughs> as a British proud about it. Do you, like, because obviously you guys are Finlandian. Mm. Okay, so I'll tell you, honestly, I feel somewhat salty about it, because firstly, nice. I would never go and order a tikka masala. No, I mean, no. I probably can count how many times I've had it in my life. I can't even tell you now what it tastes like, if it's spicy. I don't know. Mm. Okay, it has never stuck with me. It's not been that good a dish for me to obviously remember it. Two, I think, like, growing up, there are lots of stereotypes about Asian people, which are always said in such jest but actually very rude mm. and it's like you know curry muncher you smell, you smell, like, curry. You smell like curry and like, and, the, and for me it's always been such a contradiction that all these things can be said you know like uh, football fans can be so racist and then they're walking around singing Vendelo and it's just like it's such a contradiction mm. it makes no sense to I me. do want to point out not all football fans though. sorry obviously no, not right, all football right. fans hashtag not all football fans no but but in, <laughs> but... in 2019-2020 we're still here there's still oh yeah for sure, like, for, like, I'm not saying there's not racism in football yeah but not but all I'm saying like as in like I've, I've been to football I've been yeah like, I mean I've been to I've been to, I've been to loads of games and I've had no trouble at all yeah of course that being said there are also but my point is back then so when that song came out though you know Vendaloo. Yeah. How, how long ago was that? 90, right, so there was still a lot of racism, right? I was still being called Paki in, in this like, playground or whatever mm. it was at mm. secondary school. And I just think it's just the biggest contradiction. And it's also just not that great a dish. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, okay, right, right. That's a good, that's a good point, right? Um, I don't need to rate the dish itself mm. as top tier, like, as in... Let's keep it funky. Fish and chips is not a top tier dish for me. Mm. But uh, fish and chips is better than tikka masala. No, but so no, but, but also, Ooh, no, I don't know. But th- <laughs> like, think about Oof. think about who you are in this, right? Mm-hmm. Like one, we are Tamil, right? So we have a whole cultural tradition of our own food that, like, chicken tikka masala will lose twenty times out of ten mm-hmm. against a mutton curry. Like, mm. we have our own food that is more authentic. That we have our own co- like that we have. Like emotional attachments to, plus are more authentic. Plus, plus they're just tasty. Plus they're better. <laughs> like they are factually better. Yeah, but actually, yeah. can I just say with that? I think that this what you're saying actually now taps into what Carl mentioned in the Caribbean episode, where you know when you think of Caribbean food, you think oh jerk chicken, rest yeah. in peace. And actually, yeah. when people say Indian, they're like oh korma, tikka masala, butter chicken, naan bread, or papadum. But actually, there's so many other dishes, and it is is kind of the same thing, isn't it? Is it? It's definitely a very similar thing. Yeah, but it, just like two things. I think it's important not to take too much away from your Sri Lankan episode mm-hmm. as well because yeah. you can explore some of that there. Mm. But um, granted, like looking at the data, it's like a tikka masala. Tikka masala was like contributing about four point billion, like four point five billion pounds mm. in terms economy. of to the economy and like the labour attached to it too, right? So it's yeah. very significant. Mm. Um, 
I am just like, who is eating that much thick masala? Right? I'm so concerned. Just, like, listen, listen, you know who is. Not like saying. the four of us are not saying who it's, is. Exactly. But like, there's an elephant right? in the room. Um, it's people who voted. Get, get out of our country, but keep that tikka masala. That sounds... <laughs> no, but, but we'll keep that though. Yeah, but keep like, that. you're alright. Yeah, yeah. You, you sound like a, you sound like an English. <laughs> <laughs> you're one of the good ones. Yeah, yeah, but I like, but it's kind of like that, that split in my brain. It's like, do I think it is the best Indian like? like Indian subcontinent meal no not at all I think it's a bit whack but I can be really proud of this space it occupies of course I am I'm, I'm, I'm very but, proud but of it but it sounds it's... like you're proud of the fact that white people are accepting um, this creation because what are you proud of that it's being consumed by largely like as we said not us mm. so your, no, your, your, your validation I... comes from like no, I, no impressive as... I would say <laughs> no as in no I think but that's the thing I, I don't define British, the, the the larger quantity of being British, as a specifically like homogenous white thing. I think it's, I think it's it's a lot of us. It's all yeah, of us. Yeah, because we are it's, melting it's, it's pot. It's right? all of us. Like British. And yeah. I, I don't know. I just like I like that an Asian thing is that like relevant to the larger like to the melting pot, right? Do you know what for me like okay, I I I don't have anything to be proud of because it's not my this isn't my. My, my part of the world, mm. right? But I would feel much more of an affinity towards corner shops, right? And a lot, I mean... A lot of stereotypes attached to corner shops. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are, of course they are. In the same way that these stereotypes about smelling like curry, right? And I know that a lot of corner shops were started by, like, East African Asians who came in, right, mm. after the other, like, the expulsion. Um, but it's interesting that you, you want to claim this. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just don't think there are, like... When we were talking about the Caribbean episode mm-hmm. like last, last week, right? Uh, this like like raga and jungle mm. and all of these different like reggae. Mm. All of the, how did I forget reggae? Um, all of these, like all of these like great like other cultural influences, like even like slang, like mm. came from like. Uh, people from Caribbean heritage, right? And Africans. And and Africans. Because increasingly so now. Oh yeah, yeah. definitely. But yeah, but but you're right. The, the whole Jamaican accent that has pervaded British society for at least the, our lifetimes. I mean, people are saying "chale" now, like it's part of like regular speak. I mean, in song they're literally like "walla," which is like swear in Arabic. Wallahi. Mm. Yeah, wallahi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a, it's really weird that in the music now that you hear all these like. So I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but "bunda." What does "bunda" mean? <laughs> Something rude. I don't know. <laughs> well, you, you put it out there. You can get people to write back to you. Or... Let's just know <laughs> so, what Bunda means. On a, post, on a postcard, preferably. It's something rude. Um, but no, I think um, I think that's that is the juxtaposition of being British, though, because I it's like if you t- talk to me as a person who's second generation born here, as in, mm. um, do I count myself as British? Probably not. But am I technically? Yes. <laughs> Does that make sense? No, but no, but you like as in yeah. uh, the way I would define it. Yeah, yeah like yeah. I'm a British passport. Yeah, mate, I'm British trying oh, to. Oh, I say British like, though. Yeah, see, I, yeah, and I'm first generation. And I find it so uncomfortable claiming it. I find it really? so uncomfortable. And that's this is what I'm talking about the juxtaposition. But, th- but this, this is why is, this episode this is, is why it's yeah. so personal. Well, because like, so for me, I've. I got a little bit nervous about this because it's something that I just like to shut out, like, oh, where are you from? All this nonsense, right? Mm. Um, and claiming this Britishness, but I think. Increasingly, I'm seeing that if you're a person of colour, right, your Britishness is always being tested, right? And you Mm. only qualify when you're doing the right thing. And I think we're constantly reminded that if you you make mistakes, it will be revoked, right? Mm. And we can see that with um, Leila Begum 
um, yeah. the Isis bride. Begum is her surname, so we'll go with that. The way that you know that was handled, like taking like taking her citizenship off her. Or if we think about back to football, whenever footballers who happen to be black miss or miss a penalty or whatever, like the, the amount of hate crime goes up or they're called really? monkeys. Yeah, okay. and, and I'm going to give that credit to um, Musa Okwanga, just wrote this really interesting piece in Stormzy's um, Observer Monthly Takeover. Mm. So it's like we're always just having to perform to like the colonial master and like if we don't fit a certain profile, I find that we just aren't accepted as British. And this constant having to ask, like, where are you from, mm. doesn't give us the assurance that we belong here. Or, but I, I speak for myself, mm. but I belong here. Mm. Okay. So, so I, oh, yeah. sorry. I was go, just going to say go very ahead. quickly, kind of, it is related, but a side note. So when I went on, I was at a diversity and inclusion course, and, and there's another Sri Lankan girl on the course, and she was saying, you know, when she was growing up in the 90s, she there was Sri Lankan films in her house. There was um, Sri Lankan music, Sri Lankan food. So she was saying that you know, growing up in the nineties now as well, there's like a throwback, right? And people make a lot of references from the nineties. She was saying she never got any of the references, and people would turn around to her. So it's not food related, but she, they would turn around to her and be like, "Oh, you're so weird. Like, where were you? Were you living under a rock?" And I and then I was like, "Oh my god!" So. I kind of was exposed to both and I never thought about it like that. But then there was an element when I was younger of trying to keep up, I guess, to somewhat to, you know, things that are not like non-Sri Lankan or British, right? Or I don't know if we're going to say English. I don't know what it's it like, is. It's like mainstream. Class, yeah, mainstream. Because actually American. you don't want to be like, oh, all you knew back then was like Tamil music. And I was like, I, I just didn't realise that was such a thing. And I think it's the same thing with food as well, actually. Mm. Like, oh, you've never tried... Fish and chips. Oh my god, where oh, have you been? Jelly eels, like jelly jelly eels, jelly eels yeah. which now I think is a bit more. Yeah, that's the I but, I, but also I don't think a lot. I, like listeners, like like wherever you're from, like like write in and let us know if you've tried jelly eels or not, right? Because I think as much as it's like a stereotype of mm. like of like this that this and that, like I don't think that many like people who would consider themselves British, white British. However, okay, not jelly as, deals. As would have the jelly deals, but fish and chips, for example. Fish and chips. So yeah. she was saying that, like, she, when she didn't, when she would say she didn't know these references, people would be like, "Oh, you're so weird!" Like, like, where did you grow? Like, where did you grow up? Did you live under a rock? Mm. And I think it, it would be the same with with food. Yeah, and and you know, I just think you can edit this out. It doesn't have to be about food, Jackie. Mm. Like, it's just food, just a game. Yeah, yeah, to talk about yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think I've had that struggle because we we assume different identities because we are dual nationals essentially mm. so there's lots of things I don't catch I'm just like I don't know what you're talking mm. about and I'm being super Ugandan right now mm. but even there's things like Ugandan but I don't particularly mm. get um, That's. I think that's another juxtaposition of being British that I experience only later in life though is going to your native country and people seeing you as British because oh mate I, yeah. Yeah. I, never, I never feel more British than when I'm in like India or Sri Lanka and yeah. I'm like Oh no! Oh, like <laughs> these are my people. They're beautiful people. Yeah. I love. I love seeing yeah. them. Like I love. I love what this looks like. Yeah. But I, f- I feel like if an alien took over a, a body, and was like, oh, I just look like all the other ones. Me more. But like, I don't feel like at home. Or... I, yeah, isn't like, isn't obviously. But I've never spent any extended period of time mm. in Sri Lanka, right? Like mm. I've been a tourist, yeah. and I've gotten an experience that as a tourist, like I might look like like the guy that drives the auto I might look like the guy that sells the food but I am a tourist and like I kind of have a tourist brain and like maybe that's just a thing that I'll have to like kind of consider and like hopefully I can spend like hopefully my life allows me to take long periods of time and 
I can spend longer time mm. in like shrunk or whatever. But um, no, as in, I'm going to wheel it back a little bit to what you said about like having to perform your Britishness. Mm. Um, I think everyone has to perform an amount of Britishness. I think people of colour, people who are like visually different from kind of mainstream in like read read mainstream however you wish um not just to do with color but it's i think yeah you are you have to perform your allegiance to the idea of being british but i say stop performing like Mm -hmm. you are what you are right i'm british flatly Mm. like i am british i feel british because you don't think I'm British, doesn't make me not British. But you see, I find that interesting, even trying to claim this idea of Britishness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and like, personally, when we were doing the whole, when that whole Scotland divide thing, this is how much yeah. into politics. Um, yeah, the, Scottish independence. It was Scottish independence. I felt so removed from that debate, because I feel like being a Londoner is a completely different experience yeah. to being from any part of this country, right? Yeah. So I'm all about, like, localization. Like, I would rather say that I'm from London, and, like, I will, I can rep that. And I can even go further and say I'm from West London. Um, and there's a really interesting TED talk about that, when people ask you where you're from. Mm. Okay. We can put it. We can edit in, but mm. it's. I think I find that I find it's much more powerful to be specific about your experience. Yeah. Um, and like I've lived in various places, and I take lots of that with me, and I carry it with me. Um, so when I start thinking about this imagined community of being in British, right, and I'm trying to like encompass someone from Yorkshire, I've got nothing in common with that person. Like maybe I, I might drink a cup of tea, or I might have like tea time or whatever. But I probably have Yorkshire more. Pudding. Sorry, Yorkshire pudding. Yorkshire pudding. I can't. I couldn't tell you the last time I had a Yorkshire pudding. Um, there's but, a joke I want to make, and I might cut it out. But there's like, okay, you know, Yorkshire's the black country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, like it. I thought that was great. Edgy yeah, jokes yeah, from yeah, the yeah. Um, No, um, but like, also sorry. apparently, isn't there lots of Asians that live in Yorkshire? Yeah, yeah. which is yeah. Again, <laughs> I don't know that, in but, the north, in like, Bradford. So, like, essentially, just to finish my point, I mm. think that I, I probably have more in common with someone from New York, or like. Rio de Janeiro than I do with someone from say um Baycop and I, I'm just I know Baycop because my best friend's husband's from Baycop oh nice when you said that I didn't know what the hell you talking about I thought you made it up there we go that's one of the British Baycop yeah. Baycop yeah. um uh, I could I could 100% see your point but I think Nax said it last week I think there are more things that keep uh, this is all people's this mm. is people from yeah. Rio de Janeiro to Japan to Baycop to Glasgow. Like, I think there are more things that unite us than divide us. I agree and it's, with that, And yeah. it's, what, it's what we define. It's we define the borders, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we define, like, that's the border of Britishness. Mm. And that's the border of being, you know, Brazilian. That's the border of being Japanese. Mm. But, like, we're all humans. Like, as in, like, on a, on a biological, physical level, we're just... We're all just here. Yeah, I think we're more similar. And it's and yeah, yeah. And, I, and I think the more, and obviously we carry like histories and different things, that, and there are reasons that we define that way. Mm. But um, yeah, I I feel like if someone asks me, because that is that that thing that you said is is dead on. That thing of like how you define. If someone asks me where you're from, I say London, and they go, Oh no, no, where are you really from? <laughs> I say South London. <laughs> <laughs> Like because that's where I'm really from. Mm. I'm from South East London. Mm. That's 
who I am. It's had the biggest impact on my like, like life and, and personality and everything. Like, yeah. mm. it's a, it's a, that's the thing that I carry with mm. me, right? Like, mm. and it's, I think that's, I think that's the, um, that like that's the specific locality that we're like when people talk about like mm-hmm. where are you from and obviously there is an answer to that question where are you really from that a person wants because it's not yeah it's, it's not, oh, it's but not, you don't look like, like me but yeah. i also think it, it it depends on the intent of the question yes like so for me i actually sometimes don't mind people asking me where am i from even if i know that they're trying to get for me that you know, my parents are from Sri Lanka. I've got Sri Lankan heritage. Mm. It's all about the intent. And to be honest, sometimes if I know that that's what they want, I'll be like, yeah, I'm from London. <laughs> and make you work hard for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But, it... but they don't have a right to that information anyway. No, of course not. Like, you're really from, because I'm an ass. like, I don't want to give you that information. Mm. Like, mm. you get you get the information that you get off me. That's it. Like, mm. But I think it's a power play, right? And... Um, we ask people these questions so we can compartmentalize them and so that we can put judgment and value on them. Yeah. And even like, I spent a lot of time in Uganda. Mm. Um, how, so can I just ask, how long were you in Uganda for? Oh, okay. And because uh, this is just curiosity for me, because we were talking about being brought up in London and that kind of thing. Mm. Um, what about you? Were you. Um, so I was actually born here, and when mm. I do tell people my story, they're always like, oh, so you're not from here? I was like, well, actually, no, I was I was born here. Or well, I'll say I'm Ugandan, just to make things simple. And then again, the assumptions are that, well, you can't have that kind of affinity, mm. and then not, and then have been born here. So I spent, like, time there in my childhood, and then um, six years after uni. Ah, um, okay. So as an adult, yeah. right? Without, You've like... Got, like, two experiences. Exactly. Yeah. And even there, like, people would ask you questions like, oh, so, um, we, so you're Ugandan, okay, these Ugandans asking, and they mm. want to know, like, what passport you hold, because now they can place a value on you, right? Yeah. Mm. So they want to know, oh, were you born there? Even here, like, people, Ugandans will ask, knowing that you're Ugandan, because we want to know, is she, is she chasing papers? Like, what's mm. her situation? Like, are you, are you Ugandan? You have a passport? Mm. Um, and I think even beyond being a person of colour, yeah. if you're, like, an Eastern European, right? I think the way you 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 experience being presenting white yeah. is very different, right? Yeah, definitely. And again, the judgment comes on the fact that you're from some lesser part of Europe. Mm. Mm. Yeah, rather than not, rather than also, is I can it, visibly see that you're different from me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Although it's hard though, because sometimes I do think I do agree with that. I do think there are people that will do it to kind of put value on you. But sometimes I think these days, especially with people travelling so much, is is to find a connection as well. So it's like, oh, you're from Sri Lanka. I don't oh, want to hear about your honeymoon. honeymoon. I, don't, I, don't, yeah. want, I don't want to hear about your honeymoon. <laughs> exactly that. Exactly Bam, that. I don't want to hear about your honeymoon. Like, uh, yeah, for uh, readers. Exactly. <laughs> oh my god, really? yeah. Oh, oh my god. Great. Thanks, thanks, Matt. Um, Sorry, that doesn't happen to me. <laughs> <laughs> it will. I, I give just it twenty get, years. Yeah, yeah. Give it twenty years. I tell you what I get. Oh, Idi Amin. All we get is Idi Amin. Like, oh, Uganda, Idi Amin. Oh yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Tip for any uh, Sri Lanka people out there: if someone, if you also don't enjoy that, um, and people immediately talk about their honeymoon, uh, you can immediately segue that into like, "Oh yeah, yeah, have you been?" Like, I went a couple of years ago when there was like a civil war, and then just draw them into <laughs> no, a conversation okay, about wait, the civil hang on. war. I'm not saying I didn't say that. I don't. I do like it. it. I do it every what time I because said. like people don't understand, and there's and that also... they're trying to build a connection, so they're trying to find something <laughs> in you that they can relate to, right? And I think sometimes that is also why people do it, not to 
I mean, I don't that's know. Not to rank you. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, but if this person, if it's like this, if it's uh, pardon me, like a non-brown person. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, apart from having been on holiday, like, what kind of connection are you really gonna make? Like, where's that conversation going? Apart from, yeah, I went there for my honeymoon. Yeah. Well, no, the food. It's just like a connection, it's just an icebreaker, isn't it? Oh, yeah. oh, I like your hair. Can I touch it? <laughs> <laughs> it looks different to mine. <laughs> I'm very I think, okay, so I'm trying to think about people that, you know, if I've been on holiday that I've connected with, that they're from somewhere like South Africa, completely different. And for some reason, we've come together and we've started talking about maybe the way I build connections is obviously different to that. It's not, oh, I've been to your country, but yeah, I'm just trying to, you know, relate I, it back I, to I, me. Sorry, and I feel like, just to add to that, being from London, you you, you encounter that more often because everybody's from somewhere else. Well, yeah, yeah and exactly. That's, everybody's from somewhere else. And this is true. And it's something true. that I'm... I, I think it's a good, it's like a, it's not applicable because we, we probably all ask the question to each other at some point, mm. you know? Because like, but again, there's a duality in that. Mm. In that everyone's from somewhere else. Yeah. But everyone was born in this city. Like, That's in true. this great city, everyone was born. That's so true. it's that, it's that, that, it's that, it's a trip, but it's the duality of being British, right? Like, mm. That's right. And I, I honestly think why this is such an interesting subject is that, yeah, everyone here kind of goes, yeah, yeah, yeah like I'm from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But like, you live like really for, for me I'm living and working in the city that I was born in mm-hmm. but then like I have this kind of imagined idea of like a different place right and it, 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 it's, it's, it's almost a place from fable right because it's a place that I was told about mm-hmm. what do you mean Sri Lanka Sri Lanka oh okay and like like the Sri Lanka the party would mm-hmm. talk about the Sri Lanka that dad talked about growing up in mm-hmm. this is that like, kind of fabled place mm-hmm. and then when I have been there it's completely different. Like I went once in the ceasefire, and that was maybe what they the fable thing. But I was maybe too young to process it. You were slightly older, and then we went once after the war was over, and it was just Belt and Road. Like it was just infrastructure works, and like very, yeah, just very, like very like drastically changing to the point where even the Sri Lankans that we were talking to there were like, yeah, this is very rapid change. Remember we talked to that girl that owned the hotel. Mm. No, but I remember they were saying that China was doing a lot of work over there. Mm. And the port, the big port city thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, like Gaul, like all around there is like brand new shiny roads mm. because it is, it's part of like China's Belt and Road thing. And it's mm. just like, so the actual, like the idea of Sri Lanka and that kind of, the, the kind of mythical place that I was told about mm. is rapidly changing. Plus all of the like horrors that happened there and all of that and all that stuff but it's it's an interesting I think it's an interesting idea and I think kind of locking those two together in my brain has always been an interesting mm. one because it's like it's that it's that thing I and mean, maybe this is the, one of the things that we're rounding on in this conversation is that there is a thought that you'll never be British enough and being British you'll never be Sri Lankan enough mm. you are forever caught in this hinterland and I just I just refuse, right? I, like, I refuse to be, to feel like, oh, I'm not this or I'm not that. Mm. I am this. I'm a Londoner. I'm from South East London. Like, I was born here. I'm British. If that doesn't work for you, fucking do one. Mm. Like, I'm British. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, as in, it is, I'm, I am done having my identity dictated by somebody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah And yeah, I, yeah. I agree. I'm at that stage of my life now where I am very proud of my Sri Lankan heritage. I'm proud of being British and I'm very British and, ways that I've started to realise but yeah I've accepted both that's now that's really interesting because I was thinking about this when we were coming we were mm. on the way here and I was like 
have I heard Janky say that she's proud to be British? And like you've just said it now, but mm. I actually don't think those words have ever left my mouth. Like yeah. that I'm proud to be British. Really? And like even <laughs> if even if like even if it's the Olympics, like something mm. that would be um <laughs> Okay, wait, but right? <laughs> or something to do with sports and like supporting yeah. the team. I'm not necessarily feeling like this um No, I mean not all like that, but I Did mean... you watch the Women's World Cup? No. See, no, but I don't oh, do any like, of that. <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, but I just think generally I don't really. Yeah, I mean, not like that, but there's definitely elements of me That's what that, really that are very. What sport? No, as in like not even the men's World Cup, but the, I was. Oh, I was, the women's World Cup. I was yeah. double footing into the women's World Cup. <laughs> I loved it, and we. Right, Sorry, I'm just saying I'm proud of my heritage. I know that I've got. You know, when I was younger, maybe I battled with it a bit more, and now I can just accept it for what it is. There's mm. certain foods that I love. There's certain, you know, I love the Sri Lankan culture, and I'm just like a fusion of it. As mm. my brother said, and we grew an, up in Southeast London. It's an advantage, yeah. Right? Like it's we, mm. like I kind of see, like I kind of see, it's, it's a perfect thing in that, like I have like two dope cultures to pick from. One hundred percent, and I think mm. that's what the, I think that when you hear this rhetoric about like get them out, get them out, it's like there's maybe like it's like they layered with or like laced with jealousy because mm. we can like we we can pick and choose. Yeah. Like mm. I mean, when you said this whole idea of you went back during the ceasefire, like I suppose I'm calling myself mm. a, a, a privilege because our countries, in the my generation anyway, have been at peace, so I've had the luxury mm. to go back over summer holidays, um, which probably binds me more to the culture yeah. and living there and, and well. living, and living there. there yeah so I can which i'm very jealous of that that's a that's an amazing thing like Same. i would love to like like maybe after uni have like gone and lived in sri lanka and like really let it permeate deep into me um because then i wouldn't feel like a tourist like when you go to uganda mm-hmm. i guess you don't feel like a tourist right mm, i mean okay i mean yeah, so that's, 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 that's yeah. a very interesting point i do i feel like a tourist i mean i speak luganda with an english accent one so everyone's just like, oh, look at her. I mean, like, let's try and rob her. I'm actually like, I can, I know what you're saying. Don't you're like, try. I got that thing on me. Don't exactly. try. <laughs> Knowledge. I'll like, yeah. Language. Cut you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and then people call you Mzungu, right? Mm-hmm. Mzungu is like the Bantu word for white person, right? Mm-hmm. It's your equivalent mm-hmm. of Bella, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it's just even the way that I walk for how hot it is, mm. is seen as, like, foreign. So... Well, but, you, like, run into shade to shade to shade. But too quick for my no, liking. No, no, not shade, but I just walk too quickly. Yeah, yeah because yeah, over there's a couple like, more relaxed. Yeah, it's a yeah. London yeah. thing, right? Exactly. So, You've got places to be. But that's, but that's exactly. the point, and it's what that's, you said about... I, I do think us being British, our experience of being British... It's being is London. Very, yeah, yeah, it's being London as well. Mm-hmm. I think it's... It, I don't think you can separate the two. Mm. I don't know what it's like to live in wherever you said it was. Or anywhere else that matter. The furthest I've been is bloody Hertfordshire and you know that's so that, Are you serious? That's the furthest you've been? That I've been that, that I've so lived, lived out. Lived, lived oh, okay. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> no, no, I'd just be curious. No, no, yeah. So I don't think you can separate the two. I think it all goes back to what you said about London as well. So I think it's dawning on me through this conversation that that's the case because I I've never said proud to be British. Have I'm, you not? No, I've never said proud to be British. I never thought, even though I'm I'm definitely you, British. You're not Team GB. No. And do, do you feel it? Like no, whether you've said it or not. Yeah. Do I feel British? No, because I, I feel like, for instance, I've been um, a bit of a carla, um, mm. and he was talking about when Linford won his. His greatest sport achievement, right? Yeah. His greatest sport achievement is him winning this Olympic gold medal. Was it hundred meters? It was hundred meters. Yes. Proudly. So like the the the, the, the pinnacle, the basically. Main the pinnacle. You're the fastest man in the world, essentially. And then the, the newspapers the next day yeah. being Limpers lunchbox. Mm. 
That's yeah. That's, yeah, that's that, that was. Uh, uh, meaning his his crotch. His, meaning his meaning his crotch. What's down his trousers? Literally, because obviously that's much more important than and that, and, and I a think British it, person, a British person a being British the person, fastest yeah. man. Literally. Like it's the main thing exactly. in athletics. But he's still a black man, though. And look at his size, look at his package. That's what they're saying, isn't it? Yeah. But, and and um, even even if you are a champion, even if you are yeah, even the if you're the pinnacle of human of your, achievement, your, and you've got Great Britain wrapped around yeah. your yeah, but that's neck. other people. That's not him. Oh, no, you're right. No, that's that's right. fair enough. But but it is but how, British media, and it's it's them fetishizing him. Yeah, yeah. I'm not versus, I'm it's versus wrong, them though. going. Look at this! Look at our brilliant champion. But how so he feels in himself is what I'm saying. I think he got he got really bad depression from this whole really? media campaign. This it was like imagine how I think he cried on on, on, yeah. on TV oh, a little while later, and they said, "Oh, how could you cry? You we're, we're giving you a compliment. We're telling you that you're you know you're winning that. Oh, look at that." Which right. I, I actually rate as well. Yeah, like I feel like because he's a peak performance athlete mm. and like and obviously a bloke, mm. and for him to be like. To, to feel vulnerable enough to cry on telly, like yeah, fucking, I rate that. Same, and that to me sums up what my actual how you feel about uh, Britishness. Mm. Well, on one hand, you've got this other Caribbean migrant who's come here mm. to represent the country to be the best, mm. and in my lifetime, there's there's been a thing of well, you're British, but. There's also a thing about you that makes you not quite British. Yeah, there's yeah. always something yeah. that's just you don't qualify. Yeah, quite that. But, but then they've they've got better, right? Like now, you, it's but, better, no, like with your same belt and Mofara, no, and no, they will see, they will be like Mofara. Oh, fair British. enough, they're more accepting. But look at Raheem Sterling, uh, oh, ri- God, a rich yeah. young footballer. You probably don't know the story, really, but the house thing. Yeah, so rich, rich young. Like it seems like a lovely, reasonable guy. So if you if you don't know, Raheem Sterling is a British, a guy who's British. He plays for England. Of Jamaican descent, um, got um, sold by Liverpool, a top team, to another even great, uh, even richer team, more successful at the moment, uh, Manchester City, uh, for a big fee of about fifty million or something, uh, and had his life almost torn apart by the tabloid presses. I think on one 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 written story about him buying a house for his mother, yeah. and made it out like he's an obscene rich footballer. Who's got all this money and doesn't know what to do with it because you know there's something about yeah. him. You can, I think, on I think I've seen a, a thing with one page of a of a of a well-known you know newspaper putting a, a teenage criminal essentially or somebody mm-hmm. who's committed a crime as a as a violent serial offender, and then on the next page a Caucasian person who's committed pretty much the same crime of having mental issues and oh, yeah. not and being yeah. quite vulnerable side. I think that's the and juxtaposition. And just to go to the Raheem story, I think yeah. they, they compared it or juxtaposed it to a white player who did exactly the same thing, yeah. but it was presented completely yeah. differently. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But yeah. that's yeah. all around the world, and that isn't no, just no, to do with Britishness. No, but but I, 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 that's I, I, justifying I, I wanna just... No, no, I'm not just... What I'm saying is that happens everywhere, though, right? Like, if an uh, Asian person... Did something because they were mentally unstable, they would be a terrorist. But yes. if a white person did it because they're well, mentally unstable, well, they're mentally unstable. I, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. I definitely am, but I, as in, I don't mean to. Um, no, I just wanted to stay on point for this Raheem thing. Like there was like a, it was almost like a coordinated fucking campaign against mm-hmm. him. He seems like a really lovely, reasonable young lad, right? Yeah. To the point where, like, yeah, he bought his mother a house, which is mm-hmm. what I imagine all of us would do to be like, <laughs> yeah. if I just if I hit the lotto tomorrow, I'd be yeah. like, Mom. guess who's getting houses. <laughs> <laughs> And countries. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, like yeah. number one is my, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and then they were like, they were there was. I remember reading an article that like was insulting him about um, how him and his girlfriend shop at Primark. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, so can't can't win. Win. how can you win? Like he he's yeah. he's a 
fucking reasonable young man that wants to buy like you know cheap like you know cheap 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 and they were just like what so what he can't spend his money he can spend his money you just fucking hate this guy's guts like just be honest about it and he's a he's an excellent footballer no but what I'm saying with that it's not about this isn't the British thing is it this is just that's just racism no they just fucking hate that's racism it's how the media media is racist right how it portrays people of colour to your point it is it's the thing it's 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 the thing that people of colour have to deal with mm. that like white people basically don't have to deal with it's you as a person of colour you as a brown person you as and it's not it's, it's not even just people of colour it's you as a minority mm. of mm-hmm. any ilk yeah. are a representation of the whole group yeah. mm, exactly. that's true if yeah. I'm crazy mm. brown people are crazy mm. If you're crazy, black people are crazy. Yeah, yeah there's, if, never, there's never any nuance yeah. to that. Like, no, if, they, they all are the if, same. Yeah, if Dylan Roof wants to do a fucking mass shooting, mm. that's just him. That's on him. That's yeah. not That's yeah. not on like his race. Wolf. Yeah, that's Lone Wolf. Lone Wolf. Exactly, yeah. Like, it's, yeah. it's... But, sorry, can I just bring a conversation back? So now you're making me think about yeah, yeah. me saying I'm proud to be British. I am not like... So when, like, you know, the Olympics and whatnot is on or football, mm. it's not like I'm there and I'm like, go GB, team GB. Right. It's nothing to do with that. I think mm. it's for me... So when I say I'm proud to be British, it's just the heritage mm. for me, right? In terms of... I don't know, maybe it is the cultural thing. It's the like, music the heritage. and... And what music are you talking about? Because, Janaki, I guarantee you, you're, no one music that you're into... Yeah. It's not music. Hey, I love the Spice Girls. That's true. But let's just talk about her being called Scary Spice, right? Let's oh, yeah, not yeah, even yeah, mention yeah. that. That's well, that's thing. true. That's mm-hmm. another thing. But yeah, what I'm saying is, I, I just, I'm just at peace with. <laughs> I don't even thought about it. I don't feel conflicted. I don't even thought about Scary Spice. Like that, she's scary because she's, you know. Yeah, she's she's a fierce power black woman. Shit. Watch out. And she played into it. But, but that's the thing. Yeah. She did, right? But then back then, how? what else was she supposed to do? And you know what her hand is? Like, that's not... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. 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 Um. No, so my thing is, I'm just, I guess I'm just at an age and a point in my life where I accept who I am and I'm not like, don't try and run away from it or hide from it or, yeah. So I'm proud of it. No, okay. Yeah. okay I, I, I will, I'll jump on that. Um. Mm. I'm not sure if I've ever said I'm... Oh, no, I have. I've said I'm proud to be British. But then I... You said that. Yeah, yeah I have, I've said it. But there's in like, I can... I'm not proud of all of Britain. Mm. I'm not proud of 52% of Britain. Yeah. You're proud of your experience. I'm, a, I'm a proud of certain things. Mm. Certain things this country has brought, right? Yeah. Like, and like, and it's a heritage thing. And like, and they are like, in no uncertain order. Like, I am proud of the NHS. Mm. Like, mm. flatly. I think it's brilliant. I think it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing. Um, I'm proud of that. I'm proud of... I'm proud of Stephen Fry. I'm proud of uh, the Harry Potter series, which I might clip out because, you know, ah, problematic author or whatever. Should be on your ass. Um, no, but as in, I'm like, I'm, I'm, like, I'm proud of like Queen. I'm proud of like, there's a musical heritage that this country has that, that I'm proud of. And like, I really connect. I'm proud of the Beatles. Like, there are things about this country that may not be like the political history. They may not be the colonial history. Proud of British music. Proud of British yeah, music. Like, I'm proud of Dave. Yeah, like, yeah, let's exactly. you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Um, oh, yeah. No, I, feels, I agree yeah. with you. I, I think I feel it more when I'm outside of this country. Mm. So, like, a lot of my siblings live in the US. And whenever yeah. I'm there, I'm always having to defend this little old country. Oh, especially because they're like, America. Right? America. And everything's so brand new. America. <laughs> <laughs> Let's tell our friends what Carl's doing. That's fine. That's fine. I know that, but it doesn't make me one of those things. Just because I mock it. Yeah. Um, but like, 
Should we tell our I feel like for the listener at home, mm-hmm. uh, Carl did an America salute, but you know, with a stiff arm. Facing <laughs> <laughs> upwards. In a diagonal sort of fashion. With a pointy finger. Yeah. Um, you know, like you might have seen in the 1940s. <laughs> Literally. America caca. Yes. Yeah. Two bucks said America caca. Katassi, so you were saying. Yeah, I was just saying that I, I definitely feel um, like the need to defend my Britishness whenever I'm like away. Oh, that's from interesting. It. Not so much here. When but I'm more here. in America than More in America, than yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Like, or when I'm abroad, just I, when I feel abroad. much okay. more yeah. like. British. British, yeah. Mm. Like, you know, my brothers always laugh at me when, like, I remember um, at Christmas, something happened and I was like, okay, I'll be right there. I'm just finishing off my cup of tea. (laughs) 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 They think that's funny. And there's all these, like, other ones in the group. I'm like, this is pretty standard and normal, (laughs) you know. What's so funny about that? Um, They always happen to be around tea, actually. I mean, I remember when I was in Uganda, I was working with the British Council, which is very interesting because... I remember wanting to work there thinking, oh, this will just, like, this will bring all my worlds together. Like, being British and being in Uganda and working for the British Council, which is, like, a cultural organisation for the UK. Mm -hmm. Um, And my friend said to me, oh, could you... Oh, do you want this cake or whatever? And I was like, oh, yes, thank you. I say it for tea time. (laughs) (laughs) You see? That's very British-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish-ish
Every so often. It was about uh, the trigger warning, P word, coming up. Um, it was it was about the word packy, right? And he was like, you, he basically said to me, like, you give that word power. You allow it to enrage you. Um, and I, I think about that often. I think about length over a thing that, over you, right? Mm. Oh, right, you said that word. Now I'm going to, you know, do this, that, and the third. I'm going to get hit up. I'm going to have a hot blood mm. because you've said a word that you've tried to irritate me. But you almost can take the bullets out of that gun. Like, you have, it's a difficult thing to do, and, and obviously, like, it's a, yeah. it's, a, it's a thing. But, like, you get to. You choose control. how you respond yeah. to it, yeah. And, yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting thing. And it's, it's, I think, weirdly, it's from that that I've rounded on the idea of, like, Britishness, in that, like, no, nah, you don't get to choose if I'm British or not. Like, yeah. I'll choose, yeah. and you'll deal with it. That's okay. it, right? Like, um, and that's. But I think we've all been here long enough and all yeah. contributed enough to society to make that choice as well, right? Mm. We can choose what we But that, that's, a, that's a privileged position, right? And there are yeah. people, like, we'll wheel it back to the last episode again, mm. there are people who are British under no, uncer- uncircum- mm. no uncertain circumstances. Yeah. They were British. And the British state went, you know what, mate? Fuck off. Yeah. Mm. So it is a privileged position for me to say, like... Mm. Uh, I will decide that I'm no, British. No, you fuck off. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> That's what you're saying, aren't you? Yeah. Oh, fuck off. No, I speak this language better than you do. Yeah. You fuck off. Exactly. And it's got a fucking bunch of mi- a million loan words from every other fucking language in the world anyway. Yeah. Like, mm. I think there is, yeah, that's the main, that's the, like, that's my takeaway. Um, and uh, listener, friend, how do you, how do you see it? Are you, Brit- like, are you British? Do you have a hybrid British identity? Do you have, you know, what, like, what's your heritage and how do you find your own Britishness? Or, you know, you might not be listening from Britain. You might be listening from somewhere else. Um, how... From Uganda. <laughs> from Uganda. You might be a British Ugandan. You might be like, oh, I, I, another one. But no, <laughs> she's not there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> she's gone to the motherland. <laughs> would, it, would, you, would you refer to that? That's an interesting that one. That used you to be born my here? email address, Katasa from the motherland. Oh, my God. Really? Yes. Wow. Is that selective? Listeners, email. <laughs> <laughs> As in, no, no, do you define Uganda as a motherland, or do you define here as a motherland? Oh, hell no, Uganda's a motherland, U- Uganda's that's where I want to be buried. Mm-hmm. Really? Interesting point. Yeah. Um, that's so strange. Yeah, damn, that's, you know, a, I think that's, this a, ma- is why, that's again, a mad interesting point. So I see the motherland Sri Lanka, but I wouldn't want to be buried there, because Zaman. all my family's here. Zaman. And I would want to be buried with, or not buried, burnt up. Yeah. thrown around yeah scattered like, yeah scattered yeah. I don't know not in Sri Lanka though but that's what I see as motherland mm. that's where you think see, that's... My, 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 just to bring it to the thing my, my father and my, and my father-in-law both have the exact same burial place wish which is to be buried at the Wasas or scattered at the Wasas stones in Gambia which is almost like the original Stonehenge or Stonehenge type oh wow type mm. place with like rocks that were built I don't know thousands of years ago and they, and they, I visited the place mm. uh, the first time I went to the Gambia, and um, that's where my father-in-law said, "This is where I'm going to be buried." And my dad talked to my dad, and he said, "Oh, oh, what's our stone circles? You should go. Well, I want to be buried there." They didn't even have the conversation. Mm. They just both have that thing, and I think that's it's a quite a spiritual that's place. Dope. Yeah, it is. I think yeah. it is. It's like a, it's, a, it's like what Druid, Druidic heritage people would see as Stonehenge, like mm. a heritage thing. But obviously, to me, a lot older a lot mm. more ancient a lot more of the motherland thing and i think, I think that familial like bond to it as well definitely like. and i think it's it's that thing of 
being buried or be, being with the, your family that you grew up with or being buried in the place that you consider your motherland. And I think growing up, I've always had that as, well, this isn't your home. This is, this is where you live, but it's not your home. Uh, yeah. okay. That's why it's not necessarily mm. British for me. So obviously I'm, I'm, going, I'm opening it up again, but that's, that's yeah. the way I see it as. Where's that uh, particle <laughs> chucked in Southampton Sea? Southend. Southend Sea, uh, sorry. <laughs> Can I key last words before? Um, I'd just like to say I really love fish and chips and I also love a shepherd's pie. Mm. Yeah, we're not really talking about shepherd's pie. Shepherd's pie is great. Um, but tikka masala is a no-no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we should... As a last thing, before we sign off, I think we should talk about what our British dishes are, like what are kind of personal to us. Um, Katassi? I, I like that idea. Um, apple crumble. Oh, delicious. Oh, yeah. is, that, a... is that even in Britain? It is. Yeah. It's very well, British, though. I mean, sometimes sure. I might spice it up and put pineapple. Oh! Pineapple crumble! Getting all tropical. How exotic. That's like Jamie Oliver. We got that really jerky flavour. No, Jamie's going to be on me. Uh, like, you're bastardising our apple crumble. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or Earl Grey. Oh, yeah. And Earl Grey, like, when I wasn't in England, my mother would send me boxes of Earl Grey. And now that I don't even drink that much tea, I will have the decaf Earl Grey. Mm. Mm. Um, I guess I guess pie mash because I've, as my story said earlier, I didn't not something I grew up liking or thinking is amazing, but I see the nuance when you can make your own and have that winter comforting feel that that you, you know you can only get from certain dishes. Mm. Um, mm. I nominate that. Mm. See, mine's a bit weird because. The Italian's going to be, oh, me. <laughs> Mine's pizza mm-hmm. and spag bowl, but my spag bowl is my mum's spag bowl. With a little chilli in it. and Yeah, with a little bit extra seasoning. But actually, they're not English, they're not British dishes, are they? Mm. No, they're not. No, but, but but pizza's it, American. But, no, but, it was, but it was American. personal. No, yeah, like exactly. But for me, that is what I would say. I actually can't think. Pie and mash, I like, but and I haven't you say, had it. You say they have fish and chips as well. That's, that's, I mean, I love fish and chips. Yeah. I think it's fish and chips for you for this one. Was it chip- I'm boxing you. I'm putting you in a box because we didn't ask what her favourite European food was. Was it? No, was it <laughs> chips and sabla? Because you never get fish. Ooh. It's chips and sabla, isn't it? That's dangerous. That awful. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. I really love corned beef. There we go. There go. That's very British. That's it. That is very British. Especially when my dad chops it up with onions and chilies. Delicious. Shout out, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Janaki proving that she's a great Hindi there. Using corned beef as <laughs> thing. I'm not here to police her Hindi. Um, <laughs> I mean, you're atheist, so you're definitely not here to please bear mm. anything. As in, like, I'm an atheist, so I'm here to please everyone's religion. <laughs> you're all wrong. Right. Only I'm smart. Actually, he's a humanist, that's so a, let's not a, get into that's that conversation. Actually, that's a joke. And also, I am a humanist. Correct. Nice. Um, right. I, uh, so, yeah, what about you? Yeah. my dish is um, fried chicken, which, give it 20 years, 30 years, is going to be, in the same way, fried, uh, fried chips and fish and chicken tikka masala, Fried chicken, like Morley's chicken chop chicken, is gonna be is gonna be incorporated into British cultural identity. Given, uh, given, given, given where nice. we're going with this whole like plant based eating and veganism, it's not gonna be. and the fact that Greg's number one bestseller now is vegan. that vegan, vegan sausage, sausage roll. roll, I'm not sure about that. But uh, also, I've changed my mind. Wow, it's gonna be cake and custard. Oh go. god, that's so good. Sorry, go. any cake and any custard, but it reminds me of school, mm. which is very strange. My cousins told me they'd never heard of that combination together. I think Jamie kicked it out. Oh, yeah, that's he why. School Another thing to d- making jerk rice. Exactly. Right, Jamie's really getting a beat in this podcast. 
anyway, mine is cake and custard. That's, nice. that's, a, that's a good one. Nice. And obviously, my upper crumble would have custard in it, so I'm with you on the custard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Got yeah, it. True, custard. <laughs> okay, well, well, I think that's, that for th- that's it for this week. We shall see you soon, listener. Um, love you forever. Bye. Bye. Savory Epic Types. Savory Ethnic Types.